0: Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, are you ready to do this, church? All right. Great job on coordinating the uh, confetti cannons. That was um, awesome. I love Jordan and Seth doing the news, doing the news today, preaching us all out of our seats in about six months from now, I'm sure. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in today. We've got a lot of great things planned. I know. I hope you've got a great weekend planned to celebrate with family and with friends. And um, as you do um, I'm glad that you remembered that church on Sunday mornings. Even even when you're traveling, hopefully you're taking us with you today, watching on the Citizen Heights app and uh, watching online. So if that's you, go ahead, give yourself a screen name, a username, and join the conversation. We're just glad that uh, you brought us with you wherever you are celebrating this weekend, and we're going to celebrate right here in Dulles, aren't we? Dulles is ready to go, Uh, and I know Tenleytown, I know you're ready to go, so grab your Bible if you have it. Um, If you don't, grab your Citizen Heights app, open that, and you can open in the uh, Bible program inside our app. We're going to turn together to Galatians chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read verse 3 through 7 as we begin a summer series today, first installment on the book of Of Galatians, and I like I like summer because I feel like we can get really strategic and make a journey through a book of the Bible, and uh, really make it a focus and an emphasis to get the context and the history and the message and the theme, and to move through it uh, with a a little bit more um, uh, verse by verse. And so we're going to read in in a moment with that. uh, and, And oh, I also wanted to mention that. In our Citizen Nights app, we have discussion notes so you can track along with that. Because I I told our Heights men on Wednesday, I said, hey, pray for me. We're doing Galatians. They've given me, I think they gave me four verses to do today. And I was like, I'm up to 19 pages of notes. And I know that's probably um, unwise to go into, try to attempt that. So I was able to narrow it all the way down to 18. So it's going to be an easy, just kidding. Pastors make jokes. Those are church jokes, guys. All right, let's get in Galatians chapter one verse three, and uh, we'll put it up on the big screen. Our team will help us along, so we can see it, we can hear it. This is the word of God, so don't be afraid to say Amen when we get done reading it. It says, verse three, "Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age." Anybody noticing this present age is is looking a lot darker day by day? And it says to present, uh, to deliver us from the evil age and according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse six, Paul goes on and says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, not that there is another gospel. Uh, a, a different gospel but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Can you say amen? Well, we're going to lay a foundation for for the book of Galatians and we're going to we're going to kind of go with that theme set free to live free cuz Galatians really is like it's like a mini book of Romans. And it, and it really talks a lot about freedom and on freedom Sunday, and I, I'm grateful for for you know, government and documents and the Magna Carta and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and things that help us navigate on our journey to finding as, per- as imperfect a freedom as we can find in the here and now. But there is a perfect freedom that we find in Jesus. And Galatians really is, is keying in on set free so you can live free. And I want to talk to you this morning about the true gospel of grace that's the title today it's the true gospel of grace and we just read paul paul is talking about hey there's some different gospels floating around there's some false gospels and there's some false teachers trying to get you to grab on to some ideas and some philosophies and some false doctrines and try to get you to integrate those into your life whether you knew it or not trying to slide those things in and uh and when I was thinking about this, you know, uh, I remember I, I remember uh, when I was a kid, I had my uh, purple sparkle banana seated bike. Some of you know this know that I had this uh, bike that my parents got me. It's not a bike I asked for; it's a bike they decided to get me, and and I had to ride it. Purple sparkles, streamers, banana seat. You know, not the tough stuff and tactical look that you're hoping for, but it's the bike I got. And And I remember this story, and I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever told the church this story. So, this, it's hard to come up with new stories in 20 years, guys. But this is, get ready. Uh, This is a new one, because when I was a kid, I wanted to, when I was riding a bike, there was one objective, and that was find something to jump. Everywhere I rode, I was looking for something to jump. I wanted air, I wanted to jump something. So, whether it was a curb, whether it was a cutout, uh, a makeshift incline, a hill. If it looked like it had slope, I was trying to hit it with speed. And uh, my cousin was the same way, and we would ride our bikes together. And uh, then one day, my cousin and I, <laughs> we we're, were hanging out near the dumpster in our apartment complex, uh, and we found a collection of these old uh, chipped-up bricks, used bricks. And uh, there was 12 of these bricks. And we were we were like, this is it this is the moment we've been waiting for. We got 12 bricks, let's find a board because we have building materials. We can build our own ramp. And so uh, these bricks are, were a legitimate building material. We started going to it, you know, building this jump in our apartment complex. And so we found a board. Um, we started to use the bricks to prop up the board. And and of course we didn't understand ramps, we didn't understand inclines, we didn't understand the physics of of distributing the load <laughs> of you know the the where the force will go and shear friction and all these you know forces that are going to be competing. We were just like let's jump something, you know let's hit this and and, and make it as as good as we can get. So um, we just kept stacking them on. And and how many bricks do you think we used out of twelve bricks? You know, one or two, three, four, five. You know, because you want to prove the concept. You want to, you know, try it and see it's stable. Now there were there were no test pilots. We went right to twelve bricks. Twelve bricks. We have twelve bricks. We will use this is a twelve brick ramp, and uh, we we built it, um, and and there they were. And I I was the guinea pig. I came flying through the apartment parking lot. And uh got up speed, and I'm thinking twelve bricks, we've been waiting for a day as beautiful as this, and it was I mean you, you can imagine twelve bricks is is probably about that high, and it's it's clo- bricks are about two and a half inches or so, so you're talking about over two feet, okay, maybe a little lower, but i was I was younger, and this one board just leaning on those bricks, and as you can imagine, um as soon as my front tire made contact with that board, <laughs> it was over. And and I did not come in tentatively and, and carefully. I was sold out, coming in hot. And the moment my uh, my front wheel hit it, the bricks went flying, the board went flying, it all came tumbling down, flesh and pavement and, and bricks and bike, all uh, becoming one for this terrible moment, skidding along. And uh, I remember just getting up and saying, what just happened? Like, I was convinced. Now, I look back now and i like, you... You weren't that bright as a kid, were you? I was convinced this was going to hold the weight and launch me into what I wanted. And uh, I was shocked. And I want to talk to you, uh, when we're looking at Galatians, Paul is taking his time here because he's really saying some of you have been collecting some bricks that you think are going to be able to hold the weight. Of, of god's purpose for your life and god's call for your life and you've just kind of been like collecting them in but it's really kind of a trash bin of ideas it's just kind of like a trash of opinions and you're trying to kind of integrate those into the gospel of jesus and paul says there's a problem here because there is a true gospel that will set you free and then he says, and then there are counterfeit gospels that you collect along the way. And culture is very good about pressuring you to, uh, to integrate the, the 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 doctrines and the beliefs that they want the church and Christians and you to build into your life. And some of us are collecting those, but but there are there are ways to build, and there are blocks to be avoided. And Paul is coming in to in Galatians, and he says, listen, there's instability. He actually says this. He says, the people who have been teaching this have brought you trouble. They don't care about you. They're bringing you trouble. You hear me? That's why I'm excited for this series, because one of the roles of the church, it's not just to, you know, have potluck and, and, and you know, have great meals and, and like elevate this sense of, oh, look at the community we have. Yeah, there's a community, but that community is a common unity around the true gospel of Jesus. And so we're not just recipients of the truth that has set us free. We're caretakers of the truth. And so Paul, uh, I just believe what God is going to do in our lives and maybe even do in our church over this series is going to be something special because Paul, Paul let's just do some context Paul started the churches of Galatia It's not just one church of Galatia. It's the churches of Galatia and Paul went on his first missionary journey His second missionary journey and his third missionary journey to these this region of Galatia and he started these churches and so uh, Here he is writing a letter to them now because he can't be with them but he, they need his voice to speak to them because outside voices have been giving trouble. A- and they can't discern it. And so Paul zeroes in and says, well, there's false gospels and there's false teachers. And if you think about church history, that's not just church history, that's church right now. Hello, are you here? That's church right now. This is about church current events as much as it is church history. Paul, after a few formalities, he says something significant. We just read it in verse 3. He says, grace to you. And then he says, the grace of Jesus Christ. And you will notice through the book of Galatians a lot of talk about grace. Grace will become an overriding theme in this book, and I'll let some others on our teaching team who are coming after me in future weeks to kind of develop some of those thoughts. But I'm going to touch on it a little bit because we're talking about set free to live free. And a life of freedom is a life lived in the true gospel of grace. Paul says in verse six, we just read it. He he talks about grace and the grace of God and the grace. But then in verse six, he turns the corner and he's like, I'm astonished. I'm shocked. I'm amazed. That you have turned to a different gospel by people who are distorting the true gospel. He said, did you know you did it? Did you even know you started introducing these these ideas that you thought maybe you were adding to the gospel? You thought you were just kind of like, it it was illuminating more of the gospel? No, no, it was actually a false gospel. And the false gospel Paul is addressing here in Galatians, it's literally the misuse of the Ten Commandments. So just historically, if you go, well, what is Galatians really about? Well, uh, the church in Galatians, they were being taught by false teachers, and the false teachers were saying, the Ten Commandments. Anybody here know the Ten Commandments? I toyed with the idea of really putting that to the test. <laughs> you know, do you know the Ten Commandments? Well, we, we we used to always get taught, you know, in Sunday school, the Ten Commandments. And like, these are the Ten Commandments. Moses brought the Ten Commandments. You got to live by the Ten Commandments. But, you know, the book of Galatians is is really talking about how Judaizers, these people who believed the way to get to God was to obey the 10 commandments, and they came into the church and started teaching everybody, "Hey, if you want to get to God, you got to obey the 10 commandments. You got to earn your way by performing perfectly the 10 commandments." And so that's a misuse of the 10 commandments. It's a misuse of What was called the law of God So when you see law of God in Galatians Law, law of God, it's talking about the Ten Commandments All right, and the law has A real and beneficial purpose And and Paul was not Against the law, Ten Commandments He just wanted it to be used Appropriately, and the law Was there to show us Our sin, and Reveal to us our need for Jesus, that was the purpose Of the law so Romans 3.20 tells us the law shows us that we have need, right? Because it says through the law we have knowledge of sin. I wouldn't have known it was against the law unless the law told me don't covet, right? Now some of us on Ten Commandments were like, oh, I'm pretty good on the Ten Commandments. Really? Really? Are you good on the Ten Commandments? I used to use this a lot when I was witnessing to people like in the street or just people I'd run into. I'd ask them like, are you you know, are you, uh, do you Are you a good person? And they're, oh, yeah, I'm a good person. Really? You're a good person? Yeah, I'm a good person. Well, you know, the Bible, the standard of God's goodness is expressed in the Ten Commandments. How do you think you stack up against Ten Commandments? Like, oh, pretty good, pretty good. And I go, okay, well, um, it says thou shalt not steal. Have you ever stolen anything? It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand theft auto. could have been a pencil, a pen, something that you misappropriated, maybe even money you took from, uh, you know, the lemonade stand when your friend wasn't looking. Have you ever stolen anything? They're like, yeah, yeah, I have stolen something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, have you ever dishonored your father or mother? You know, said something against them, dis- disrespectful it to their face behind their back? Uh, oh, yeah, I kind of did that too. Okay, well, the Bible says honor your father and mother. So that's, that's two commands we looked at. You, you struck out under. And then they're like, well, I mean, I haven't done anything serious. Like I've never, I've never murdered anybody. Like everybody always goes to thou shalt not murder. Like, see, I haven't done that one only problem in Matthew 5, Jesus said, if you even have anger in your heart towards your brother, you've already committed murder against him. And you go, Jesus, come on, you can't move the standard. And then I would always ask him this. Is the Bible says don't commit adultery. And the, if, if it was a married person, they'd be, oh, no, I'm good there, I'm good there. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 5 that if you look at a person with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery with them, and you violated this commandment. And then it gets quiet. And you go, there's ten commandments. We've looked at four of them. So far, you're a lying, thieving, adulterer, murderer at heart. Based on God's holy standard on the day of judgment, how do you think he'll see you? As good or as maybe guilty? And then it's like, guilty. That's the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law is not to provide a path to God. It's to... It, it's to reveal to us I have sin I need God But in Galatians The law was not being used As a school teacher like Paul says The law is a school teacher It teaches me I need a savior But in Galatians these false teachers came in And said no 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 you got to live by the law You got you to That's your only way You got to work it out Good works and adherence To the law Well that's legalism right Legalism is I earn my forgiveness and I earn the forgiveness of God and I save myself through good works. I save myself from being a quote-unquote good person. But come on, we already know. There's a real difference in life if you're living the true gospel of grace or the false gospel of law. And that's what was going on in Galatians. That's our context, all right? But Galatians, and I'm gonna let others in in the coming weeks because the law, you know, there's so much you can you can unroot in your life because you realize, man, I, I've been like building bricks into my belief system that aren't accurate, right? Because the law prohibits, but grace invites. The law condemns the sinner, but grace redeems the sinner. The law says do it. Grace says it's done. The law condemns the best one among us, but grace saves the worst one among us. The law shuts my mouth before God, it says, but grace opens my mouth in praise and thanksgiving to God because I understand I am sinful, but God's grace, his free gift of forgiveness, right? The law says, pay what you owe. Grace says, I freely forgive it all. Like, when you, when you start to go through this, you realize, oh, there's a little bit of that in me. Like, I'm still, I'm still working for that, or I am still feel like i got to— Sometimes we come into church, and you see it in worship all the time. People come in, and, and it's like, well, I don't feel like I had a good week, and I didn't really represent Christ well, and I didn't live the way I was supposed to live, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to worship because I don't feel too confident in my standing before God because I know what I did this week. But understand, what you did and what you do has no bearing on God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is the free gift of grace that comes to you. You receive it. And the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. He gets up in grace. He doesn't get up to earn it back from God. You could never earn this kind of grace. You could never earn this kind of access. You could never earn this kind of love. So I'll let other people develop that. But Galatians not only shows us freedom and grace, it shows us we have to be constantly vigilant. Vigilant from false teaching. So I want to just give you three quick things, because false teachers abound, and today they have access to you through uh, video clips and books and podcasts and posts. and I mean, it's like never before. You can just be tooling along, and all of a sudden somebody's speaking into your spirit that you have not background checked (laughs) like I love that we have access to stuff we've never had as far as teaching and input and perspectives and stuff like that but there's a real danger in that because your pastor knows you loves you prays for you and you know me like we're we're here but you don't know everybody that you're receiving from online or and I'm not saying don't receive I'm saying you have to be careful so we live in a time where we have to be cautious of the trouble that false teachers will bring to your life. That's why Paul is coming at this so hard. And it's why he warned Timothy, and he warned all of us in 2 Timothy 4, two. Listen, this is for today. This is for now. This is for the church. This is for people who, who want to grow in God and live his best. L- listen, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 2, Paul says, Preach the word, Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season because you're going to have to reprove. You're going to have to rebuke. You're going to have to exhort with patience and teaching. Why? Because verse 3, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they want to accumulate for themselves teachers that will teach them and confirm with them their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, and they'll wander off into myths. And you say, no, never, not me, but false teaching, false teachers, false gospels. They begin to twist that which is, see, my, I had a Bible college uh, professor who would always say, the best heresy is a little bit of truth with a twist. He's like, the best heresy is a little bit of truth. The enemy doesn't come to you and rename God or rename the devil or rename. He uses all the same players and, and, and takes a, a bit of truth, the Ten Commandments, the law and twists it. And so instead of it being something that alert alerts you to your sin, he says, this is the way you become holy. You you just you just obey this and you go, well, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. It's it's truth with a twist this past week, there was a reading, maybe you saw this, church has got to be aware, there was a reading, a liturgical creed that was read in a Lutheran church. The the creed was read aloud by somebody I would consider a false teacher, I don't say that lightly. And the the reading included doctrinal statements by the whole church. They got up and read this together and it included statements like I believe in the the non-binary God. I believe in Jesus Christ who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads. I believe in the rainbow spirit. I believe in the church resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt. This is the creed being read in a church. You'd say never. Myths. Absolute myths being read and declared and people just going, oh, okay. Okay. This is quite a progressive church you got. Wow, this is really speaking to what I wanted to hear. Itching ears to hear that which will bring ruin and destruction. And Paul says, listen, this doesn't just distort a few things. It separates you from the one who gave you grace. It literally separates you from Jesus when you start to let these things in. Recently, I, list, I, I listened uh, online really well-known pastor go through a series of sermons where he he attempted to build this framework to conclude that the Bible was no longer the authority for faith and it was like a four-part series and he's going you know as as creatively as he can to unravel the authority of the Bible and it was shocking and this was a man understand me he had built a great church he was a leader among leaders. He, was on, he had books. He was on the cover of magazines. He was interviewed by, by uh, mainstream media um, because at one time he represented the pulse of Christianity in the church. Like I read a couple of his books back in the day when he believed the Bible was God's word. And now he's decided, no. How does it happen? Not all false gospels are easy to spot. So I'm going to ask can I give you three quick ones? I'm going to do them really quick. I, I had 19 of these, honestly, but I, I just said, well, we'll just do three, and God will, you know, help us with the rest. Number one, the good people gospel. The false gospel of good people. That, that means we're, it, basically we're all good, we make mistakes, but we're good people at heart. I'll probably just need five minutes. Is that okay? Maybe seven. But, but listen to this. Good people at heart. Hey, we're just, you know, we're essentially good people. See, our pride doesn't like to admit it, but sin is real. Sin is real, and it's in it's a, a power we need rescuing from. <laughs> like we need rescuing from this. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory." All have sinned. See, Paul. Paul said, "I'm the chief sinner. I'm like I'm the worst among us." He he wore that like he owned it. Why would we? It's just pride to try to. To try to cover some of this stuff up, Psalm fourteen says, "There's none that are good, not one." Like we need, we all have sin. Recognizing sin means there's someone to whom we will all be held responsible. I was going for a walk this weekend with my four boys, and um, and we're, we're talking. I'm talking to one of them, and and we got on the topic. It was Owen and I. We got on this topic, and man, I just got I got kind of like angry all of a sudden at at like. Culture and at what was going on. I'm like, man, we're playing around, like, like it's a video game. Remember when you play video games and you, you know you're like those car games, and you're just like blowing up and you're crashing into stuff, and you're like, well, what does it matter? Like, I got like five more lives, and I can hit reset, and I just keep going. And sometimes we live life like we're just going to flick the reset button. But there's a very real God. There's a very real devil. There's a very real eternity that we will stand on the edge of and give an account for what we do. We're going to be held responsible. The point of the true gospel is not congratulations. It's confrontation. Like, Jesus didn't come down to be like, oh, I would like to make you part of my church because you are, like, winners. Like, you guys have really done it well, and, and you're, you're above the average, and you're killing it. And so, congratulations, you're in my church. No, the gospel, is, the true gospel is not Jesus coming to congratulate. It's coming to confront. Jesus was saying, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So if we think the gospel is Jesus coming, you know, to give us accommodations for our great morality and our great personality and our great awesomeness, you know, that's not the gospel. Paul said, I'm the chief among sinners. I'm the worst. If you're working hard to preserve people's high opinion of you, listen, if you're working hard to preserve people's high opinions of you, you can be sure you don't have a very high opinion of the gospel. If you're working hard to just kind of make people believe, oh, I'm, I'm really good, I got it together, you don't have a very high opinion of the gospel because the gospel is very clear. He came to seek and save the lost. The gospel does not congratulate, it confronts. And then it wonderfully converts. And that conversion, freedom is found in repenting of sin. Number two, it's the expressive individualism gospel. The expressive, that's the false gospel gospel. Uh, This one claims that the gospel is all about, you know, being true to yourself, following your heart. (laughs) Love is love. I have to live authentically. That's a false gospel. That is a false gospel. Matter of fact, it runs counter to everything the true gospel says. The true gospel says we can't trust our hearts because they're deceitful, Jeremiah 17, 9. You can't trust your heart; it's wicked, because see, first false gospel, we have sin. True gospel says our sin it darkens our mind and it blinds us, so we're unable to discover what's authentic and what's true. Read Second Corinthians four four. It says you can't find truth through the eyes and of sin. So. So this idea, well, I'm going to express myself. I'm going to be myself, love myself, embrace myself, regender myself. Like, it's all about this indulgent self-expression. No, the Bible says, deny yourself. That's what the Bible says. And we think we're going to find happiness in indulging and expressing and and just having what we want and, and, and all of that. No, the joy that we seek is in denying ourselves. Jesus says, if anyone come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and fall. See, freedom is not found in, in, it's found in denying myself. It's not found in expressing or gratifying or indulging myself. See, that's a doctorate. That's a good, that's the true gospel. All right, final one. The third one. Man, I had so many good ones. You really would have liked them. But this, this is a great one, right? Actually, I love this one. It, this is the good life only Gospel. The good life only gospel. It's, it's, the, it's a twist and it's a new gospel. It's a different gospel. It's the gospel that if I get with Jesus, I'm only going to have a good life. It's a false, false gospel that, has, that says Jesus guarantees me happy, wealthy, healthy, trouble-free, nothing going wrong with me. Like it's just going to be easy. But the truth is Jesus had tough times. The truth is those who follow Jesus had tough times. And the truth is those who believe in Jesus will have tough times. There will be tough times. So I, I, I divided it into four categories that I see. Number one is sufferings. There, there will be suffering. You know, you're like, wow, this is a really uplifting <laughs> message. Hey, this is, this is the true gospel that there is grace for us in each one of these seasons, if you're in a season of suffering, it says 1 Peter 314, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. There's a grace on you. Do not fear the threats. Don't be frightened because when you're suffering, there's a grace on you. And if you think the, the grace on you is that you'll never have suffering, you're going to get disillusioned quick. The grace on you is that you'll never have suffering. It's that when you have suffering, you'll be able to get through that suffering and still be Blessed. How about this? Persecutions. Second category. Second Timothy says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I know we, we like it when our church is the coolest thing in town and everybody wants to be in it and everybody wants to go to it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like being the it thing. I remember in 2015 Citizen Heights was the it church. It was. It was just like everyone wanted to go to it. We were up to five experiences at our Tenleytown campus. We planted over here. We had two experiences. It was like everybody wants to go. But persecution comes. And when you say, we're going to preach the true gospel, and we're not going to lace in extras, persecution, it comes. Uh, The third category, trials, tests, and troubles. James says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's trials, there's tests, and there are troubles. But there's grace to get through them. Psalm 34, the righteous person may have many troubles. Really? The righteous person? Why would they have many troubles? God, I thought you were good. He is good. There's a grace on you that even those are things that are troubling you, that you will be victorious and you will have a freedom, not just, not just freedom in form, but freedom you can live. You live above the storms. Come on, you live above the fray. You live with an anointing on your life that even when, even when they're, they're throwing uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire and stoking up the fires that we're going to persecute, you're going to suffer, you're going to have trouble. And they bind them up and they throw them in the fire and then they look in the fire to see the work of of what's been done. And then they're shocked. Didn't we just throw three people in the fire? But I see a fourth one with them. And he has the appearance of the Son of God. And he's walking with them. And weren't they bound? Because they're no longer bound. And they walked right out of that fire. And they were, and it was so supernatural that they were, the the people that saw it were like, they don't even have the smell of smoke on them. Not only are they not burned and no longer bound, but they don't even smell like they had trouble. Listen, there's a grace on you. Trials, tests, troubles, suffering, persecution. Yeah, there's a grace. Yeah, there's a peace. It's the true gospel of grace. That can go into war zones and go into places of resistance and go where everybody doesn't celebrate you. And, matter of fact, everybody wants to cancel you. Basic biblical literacy will get you canceled these days. I mean, just read to Genesis 2 and you're already ready. Male and female, he created them. Oh, culture won't like that. Man and woman, we were, oh, cultures, they're not, don't preach that, Pastor. Oh no no no! We're going to preach that. Paul said, "We're caretaking the truth, the gospel of truth, and we're not going to, we're not going to twist it." And then the last category there was teachings. It was good for me to be afflicted. Psalm one nineteen says, "So that I might learn your decrees." When's the last time you went through something and said, "God, what are you teaching me?" See, we're so quick. What Paul says in verse, eight, he said. He says, I am astonished that you turned away. Does it end there? No. So quickly. Paul says, I'm astonished. Not that you just turned away because, you know, it's a fight of faith. We're all, but so quick. And we are so quick sometimes. To replace God, to question God, to blame God. To, we just move on so quickly. And look at Psalm 119. Psalm says, it was good for me that I went through that thing because it taught me your word. I'm living it now. And before it was cerebral and it was distant and it was existential. And now there's a grace on my life. We must guard against this belief that Jesus is here just to cozy up our lives and make everything easy for us. That's not the true gospel. If we're deceived into believing this, we're not going to follow Jesus for long. We'll be disappointed. We'll be bitter. We'll feel entitled. We'll even, even a hardened heart to God when things don't go our way. But understand the grace of God on your life that even when things aren't going your way, God is working in you. His grace and peace don't guarantee that we're not going to experience hard things. But it does, it does uh, guarantee that we can make it through those hard things. Amen. Let me give you this one last verse when we close. Isaiah 43, 2. Man, grab hold of this. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they're not going to sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Listen, church, we're, we're walking into new days. We're walking into new rivers and new fires. Freedom is found in relying on God in tough times, not in questioning God in tough times. Freedom is found in denying myself, not expressing and ingratiating myself. Freedom is found in repenting of my sin, not, not pretending I don't have sin. So can we close today? Just close your eyes right where you are. Let's just take a moment to respond. Just maybe 60 seconds. to Say, God, I'm a sinner. And maybe for the first time, own it. I'm, I'm a, Matter of fact, I'm a chief sinner. I've hid my sin. I've acted like I've got it together. I've got good news for you. This is the place that you can take off the, the mask and end the charade. No facades required. Just honesty between you and the Holy Spirit. to Say, God, I've been going my own way. I need you, Jesus. For all have sinned and fall short. You're in good company today. Because you're in the company of those who have received grace. A grace that frees us. A grace that... That enables us and empowers us to live free. If you're here today and you say, I need Jesus in my life, you know, that explanation of legalism where you're just kind of doing things to earn God's approval. But you heard today that you can't earn God's approval, but you can receive the free gift of his forgiveness because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's not about what you do. It's about what has been done. And you say, I need that in my life. It might be the first time You're going to pray this prayer. It might be a a recommitment moment because you know you've wandered. I'm going to count to three, and when I hit three, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand. Every eye closed. No moving around Tenley Town. No moving around Dulles. When I hit three, you're just going to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're saying, include me in that prayer. I'm not going to call you out of your seat. I'm not going to call attention to you. But I believe that God is going to meet you in this place. Are you ready? One, today is a day of new beginnings, too. He loves you right where you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. He's got great things ahead. Are you ready? One, two, three, hands in the air. Say, yeah, that's me. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Anybody else say, include me in that prayer. town, you're lifting your hand. God sees you. Online campus, maybe you're listening to this podcast and you say, can God real? like, is this real? God in the grace of God, and the forgiveness of God, waves coming over you. His forgiveness, erasing the shame, erasing the regret, empowering you to leave behind sin patterns and cycles and habits that have held not just you, but people in your family. And it's a time to take a step into a freedom that you can live. Church, let's pray this prayer nice and loud all together. Maybe you didn't feel confident and comfortable lifting your hand but you know this is for you nice and loud all together dear jesus i give you my life because you first gave me yours i love you jesus because you first loved me so i surrender my heart i surrender my life i surrender my past i surrender my future i say i have sinned and fallen short of your standard but i receive the gift of grace, your forgiveness, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Now say this boldly, I am a Christian, by grace I've been saved, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church, we're going to turn you back over to your campus, but let's celebrate with those who just prayed that prayer, amen.